Welcome to the Eric Norcross Cine Life Podcast. I'm your host, award-winning filmmaker, published author, and mixed-media artist, Eric Norcross. Today, I am going to talk about social media, self-doubt as a creator, and I'm going to answer some creative uh, process questions that have come to me through my website or some of my social media channels. If you're new to this podcast, you can find a link to my website in the description. It's www.ericnorcross.com. And through that website, you can get access to all of the social media platforms I am currently using in the moment. If you are a returning listener, prepare for change because this podcast is evolving. Uh, here's how and here's what to expect. Right now, I have decided not to do video and to focus on audio for the time being. Why is that? I am more comfortable in the audio format if it's me that's the performer. Uh, as a filmmaker, I'm usually behind the camera and I found that with the, the first test episodes that I was doing, I kept stressing out about the video and because uh, I didn't want it to be an overwhelming production and I had come to instantly regret it by seeing sort of the quality of the video I had produced. But I went with it for a while just to see what would happen. But it just couldn't sleep. <laughs> I, I, I take this kind of thing pretty seriously for the most part. Uh, and, and I just kind of realized that if I'm going to do this, i got to be all in. And so for me to be all in with me as the performer, I really don't want to be on video at the moment. So I'm going to keep this as a, uh, a podcast that is done via audio only it won't always be perhaps we'll evolve back to video at some point but for now it's going to be audio only and it's going to be a little more structured than i had initially planned as well uh, and so with that said uh, let's start let's start talking uh, uh, about the subjects uh, i have on my list here because uh, guess what happened this morning this morning I deleted my Twitter account. Well, I actually deactivated it. It doesn't get officially deleted for 30 days, but yeah, I, I, um, I had to do it, man. I had to do it. I just couldn't handle the, uh, I guess the toxic environment, the inability for, to convey a logical sound opinion or even analysis on a topic without getting red flagged as person who doesn't have the best interests of humanity at heart, uh, which is kind of ridiculous because I'm pretty liberal. Uh, I'm, but I'm also like, I'm pretty anti, anti cancel culture. And uh, I believe in free speech. I believe that uh, nobody should be going after artists, especially other artists. And I had kind of intervened in a an attempt to cancel an author because of a book they were about to publish. Um, and no, it's not JK Rowling, although that had troubled me as well because nobody had read that book. They just know what, what it's about. And the same thing with this other book This they were literally judging a book by its cover. And I'm like, we're always taught not to judge a book by a cover by its cover. Why are you doing this? You haven't read the book. And so then I of course started being accused of being, in support of murderous regimes and whatnot, which anybody who knows me knows 
that that's as far from the truth as it is. Like, I'm not right wing. I'm not. Uh, I don't condone genocide. And and I just think that like, for me, my allegiance is to the art, and to and for the ability, for the ability of the artist to function in a world that's hostile to the arts. And so, I, I my position is. If you're an artist, your business shouldn't be to go after other artists, but maybe to inquire more about their work, more about how they're achieving what they're achieving. And let that be that. Let the general reading public decide whether there's value to that person's output. Uh, you know, as, as artists, uh, we have to support one another because the whole world functions in a way where the art life is really difficult. Much more difficult than it needs to be and should be. And I'm going to talk about that later. Um, because one of the subject matters that I'm going to tackle is the concept of self-doubt as a creator. And that goes into it. But, you know, and I, and I saw, I've been seeing this a lot more and more and more. It's, just, it's this groundswell of people who are jumping on a bandwagon of, of the next big sort of enraged... What, what are you enraged about this week? J.K. Rowling. What about next week? This other author. What about two weeks ago? Oh, we were enraged about a film that Netflix put out. And <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. Uh, we're all here to create art. We're all here to sort of do right by uh, our families and our friends and, and really just be the best artists that we can be. And we need to support one another when doing that because the world is against us the world isn't structured to support the likes of us unless we are capable of making huge amounts of money only then does the world seem to care so that's where i stand on a lot of this stuff and that's where i think that like it's clear that this message isn't for the twitter sphere it's too toxic of a plas platform. I'm not going to put energy into something uh, like that. Uh, it was clear, that too, that I wasn't really finding my readership there. I wasn't finding my viewership. Uh, I'm not looking for fans as much as just people who are interested in my work. I mean, I don't believe in the fanatic sort of culture. I don't, I don't think that that's healthy for anyone. But I, I do. I am on a, a, a sort of path to find people who are interested in what I'm doing and what I have to say. And so it was clear that after spending about two years on that thing, being really proactive in the hashtag writing community and the filmmaking sector, uh, it's just people aren't there. And and the ones that are there, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a little too hostile for my taste. I don't think that the arts needs any more hostility. We get enough hostility from non-artists who don't understand what it is that we're going through in the art life. So, uh, I guess if you want to find me now, you're going to have to go to LinkedIn or uh, Instagram because those are the last two that I'm on. I don't have any others. I mean, I know I opened a TikTok last year as an experiment, but I never really used it, and I don't even remember my login at this point. But, um, yeah. Uh, Continue to contact me through my website with questions <laughs> because I won't be uh, scouring Twitter anymore. 
Uh, that's done and done and gone, and it's as dead to me as Facebook. So that's what the next topic is. The next topic is self-doubt, and that actually came through Twitter. Uh, how do you deal with self-doubt as a creator? This person, in particular, was a writer, but the, it, my answer applies to every single type of artist trying to make it in this world, trying to make the art life work. And it's, it's a trifecta. My answer is a trifecta. It's in three parts. One, your self-doubt is rooted not in your doubt, but in the doubt others had towards you. We're not born to believe that we can't do something. We're not born to believe that we can't achieve something, right? That is learned. If we were born to believe that we can't do something, we wouldn't bother standing up and trying to walk to the other side of the living room, now would we? No, we wouldn't. We are born to believe that the other side of the living room can be reached. And we figure out how to do it, and aha, voila, we're learning how to walk. It is only when you have idiots growing up alongside you, mentoring you, where you start feeling inadequate, being told that, oh, you'll never be as great as this author that we're studying in English class because this author's an American classic and you're just a lousy little eighth grader who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Of course, an eighth grader is not going to write the great American novel, but but it's the that, that to me, at least in my experience, has been the root of the problem with a lot of my self doubt. Bad teachers, parents who didn't really understand how to deal with an artistic uh, child, and constantly pushing them into to adopting more like hands on, laborious, blue collar type trade craft and me constantly rejecting it in favor of the meet the artistic mediums that I naturally gravitate towards. I'm lucky enough to have a brain that could tell me to reject what it doesn't want and pursue what it wants. But then also having peers, growing up with peers that also don't understand that. I remember when I was a teenager, I wanted to learn how to sing. I can't sing, I'm not very good at it. Uh, I'm getting better at it because I've started rejecting all of what I had been told initially and I've actually been practicing, but when I had attempted to start learning how to sing, immediately the kids around me were like, oh, don't even bother, you're not naturally good at it, therefore you can't do it. And I remember this. there was only one person in my life at that time. He was a music teacher who I saw off and on for guitar lessons. And I remember him saying, if you have a voice, you can sing. And I wish I wish I had latched onto that piece of advice earlier and kept going. But the voices of my peers were louder in my head. And I never really pursued singing lessons the way I really wanted to. And so that self-doubt won out for many, many years. Up until I heard Stephen Colbert sing on I don't know if it was the Colbert Report or after he got David Letterman's show but he ended up singing the first verse of Jamaica Farewell and um, 
just like, I, I think I could sing that. I think that I could probably do those notes if I start at a lower range or something. And I, I did. I'm not going to say it because uh, I don't know what the rules are with sort of doing renditions of songs on podcasts that I plan on monetizing at some point. So, but like after I just kind of did a, a bit of an imitation of that first verse, I, I started singing more and I started really learning kind of how songs were sung. One of the biggest mysteries to me is how how certain voices move up and down and where they move to, especially with certain songs. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember from the late 90s, there's this song by Tonic called uh, If You Could Only See. And I couldn't, for years, I couldn't, I couldn't get my voice to where where he, the lead singer got his voice on the word C, if you could only see. And even to this day, like I have to hear it and sing to it in order to get my range just right so it sounds somewhat decent. But if I just decide to start singing it, it it'll sound like complete and total garbage. Anyway, I, I, uh, I'm off on a tangent here about singing, but... You understand, like, you really have to just say, hey, these guys are idiots for shooting me down. If I want to do this, I'm going to learn how to do this, and I'm going to learn to do it as well as my body will allow me to do it. You just got to do it and know that you are not naturally a self-doubting creature. You've been afflicted by other people who don't know better. Or maybe they know better and they're just dicks. So, yeah, that's my trifecta. You want me to go over it again? Uh, oh, I haven't gone over the other two. <laughs> I, I just went, that was the first one. All that was just the first one. Hold on. I'm going to do the second one now. Are you ready? Adopt a learning philosophy as it concerns your output of work and reject an achievement standard. What does that mean? That means everything you do is a mechanism to learn something new, to learn how to do it better. Everything you put out is a self-improvement step of some kind. Otherwise, you're going to go fucking nuts because you're going to start comparing yourself to your peers, some of whom will do better than you intermittently at times. Maybe some of them will go on to win some awards or be published uh, maybe they're at a stage where they've gotten an agent and you haven't. That's the achievement standard that you need to reject straight out. It's not healthy. It's not going get to you, get you where you want to be. The only thing I would say it's good for is letting you know that you, you, you're not where you want to be. If you're jealous of what, where your peers are at, that's just your body telling you you're not where you want to be. You're not where you should be. But that's it. That's being, being able to just know that. That's all it's good for. Everything else that it does to you is destructive. So you got to reject it. Reject the, the achievement standard and adopt a learning philosophy. That's a very quick answer. Uh, I don't think I need to go into any more detail of that. But if you want more details, just ask me. Email me through my website. Uh, returning to... Uh, what I had said previously in the introduction, the world is hostile to the art life. It's not structured to support it. It's not structured to 
uh, agree with it. Um, we pay more in taxes. We are punished more if our ventures don't work out, especially financially. Uh, we are criticized by people if they don't appreciate the work. And even those that, that dig the work might not necessarily appreciate the work. So we're really, we're really not generally accepted by the world, right? The world is hostile to the art life. So don't expect it to be easy. As long as you don't expect it to be easy, then you know what to expect. You know what to brace for. And so those are my three sort of rules for not only dealing with doubt, but just dealing with general negativity uh, as, uh, as a creator, as a person living a creative life. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's say we answer some, uh, some questions that came through. Before I close my Twitter account, um, I have one about... Is it okay to start from from the end? Uh, so this person was basically like feeling weirded out about the fact that she had a really good ending. And then after that, she had a really good beginning. And she didn't yet know what to do in the middle. And she, she basically said, I know that this could really work. I know it could really pop and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, it's not a big deal. Like my first film festival award came to me through a, a film called Caroline of Virginia. It's a short 37-minute movie. It won the New York Spotlight Award at a film festival in New York. And uh, it was my first film festival award. And that movie, when I conceived it years before, I was working retail, actually. And I was in the break room of this retail store in Times Square. And I just this idea for the ending came to me where these two people are sitting in a park. One person's, um, they're both talking to one another. And one of them, I knew in my head that one of them was naturally deaf, but for some reason she wasn't now. And the other one was a musician. And as they're talking, they both start losing their hearing at the same time. And it was just like this weird like moment where I'm just like, that ending gave me this idea. A musician who gives up his hearing so that a deaf person can listen to his music. He's so desperate to somebody to appreciate his music that he gives up his hearing so that this one person who's never heard any music at all can hear his music. And the catch is, at the end, they both lose their hearing and they're both deaf for the rest of their lives. And that was the ending. And then, of course, right after the ending, just like this person on Twitter, I came up with the beginning. I came up with how it happened, where it happened, uh, what what the environment was. Uh, ended up being a magic spell that a wizard did <laughs> at the request of the musician. It had to be asked for by the musician. He had to make the sacrifice play. But in between those two the the bookends, I didn't know what the middle of the movie looked like. And I wouldn't know what the middle of the movie looked like until I knew I was going to make the movie. And in 2011, well, probably the latter half of 2010, early 2011, I made the movie. And I literally just kind of wrote out the middle of the script, probably in a day. And I just structured it using a few simple concepts like, okay, so if this musician 
is going to give up his hearing and then eventually lose it, what do they do in between? Well, how about she li- he takes her around the city and they listen to sounds? You know, it's very much an experimental movie. The, there's not a lot in a short film. There's really not a lot of plot you have to worry about. So just kind of having various scenes of her finally listening to, this, to these sounds that people have been reacting to their whole lives, like a balloon pop or a beautiful piano, piano sonnet. Uh, or she, there's even a scene where they're in a music store and she's learning how to play guitar. The, the musician is teaching her some guitar chords. She learns the C chord and she strums the C chord. And there's also a scene where they are popping balloons or you know, they're just taking a, taking a piece of flatware and they're moving it up and down the blinds of her windows to hear that sound. And it, it comes naturally when it needs to. Um, and, th- and that's really, really it. And uh, that film, that film really did a lot for me. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't force it. I came up with the ending, then I came up with the beginning, and years later, when I needed needed to, I came up with the middle. Um, and, and some scripts just write themselves. Some scripts, you just kind of know where it has to go. And some you don't. Like, I have so many screenplays I started and then stopped or that are just taking so long that I just kind of put them on a back burner while I do other screenplays. There are some where I've written them in a day from beginning to end. I didn't write the end first, you know? Um, Then I have some where I had a temp ending. I had one where, where we went into production with a temp ending and I couldn't come up with a better ending so we ended up shooting the temp ending and then it was like five years in post-production. And then at the end of the five years, I just made up a new ending and I created a new ending out of the edit. Like I didn't shoot anything new, I just created a different edit. And you know, and that, that stuff happens. Like the writing isn't the final thing that's gonna go out there, it's the film. So, and, and I, in case you didn't pick up on it, these are all screenwriters that are talking to me. Uh, haven't really gotten too many questions from the noveling or short story sector, uh, even though I do tackle tackle the, that medium. So, yeah, self doubt tackled, the creative life tackled, starting a, a screenplay from the from the end, done. And you know that it's especially useful if you're doing a mystery to, to kind of know how it ends. <laughs> Just uh, if you haven't thought of that already. Anyway, guys, uh, we're fast approaching the 22-minute mark, so I'm going to call this one a, a solid podcast. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, seriously. Uh, I want to answer questions that you might have about my process, about if, if, if you have specific uh, concerns that uh, maybe your mentor isn't acknowledging. Uh, also, if you want to hear some of my war stories, just you know, pick a project and I'll talk about it. I have so many projects on my resume that you can check out. So visit me, www.ericnorcross.com. Also, I'm on Patreon. Patreon, it's a great way to support me and this podcast and all the work that I do. I have nine tiers you can choose from. 
nine tiers of support from five dollars to fifteen thousand uh, at the point at this point nobody's chosen a single one that's okay too I get it we live in rough times and also this might not be for you so why would you but if it's for you and you can please do so uh, you can also support me through the anchor app or the anchor website I'm not sure how it looks in the app because I don't have the app but I, I use the desktop website and I know I activated the support feature so feel free to do that and uh, find me on Instagram find me on LinkedIn those are the two social media platforms I'm using right now and uh, I look forward to talking with you guys again very very soon for more creative slash art life slash business uh, topics thanks